Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. $2 out. Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. Welcome to episode 31 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster, presented by Odyssey, with myself, Steve Peralt, and Joey Capone. The Red Sox lost the final two games of this series with the Rays, and Brian Bayo took the loss in his MLB debut. A very tough one. A very tough one for Bayo. How you doing, Joey? Uh, I'm not doing well i'm not doing okay mm. uh, i'm actively avoiding a little bit of panic yeah uh that was tough three series losses in a row now still uh unable to beat your own division um uh, just not not a great vibe walking away from this how are you doing man I'm doing good. Personally, doing doing great. You know, that's we're good, in. That's good to hear. Feels like we're in the middle of the summer, the beginning of the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. That's always fun. The vibes at Fenway uh, wanted to be fun tonight, but there was nothing to be excited about. I think it's. We should just jump right into Brian Bale. We. I yeah. mean, that was the the story of the day heading into it. You know, the Sox lost game two and pretty rough outing there. Uh, very rough outing actually for Nick Pavetta in game two. And that one felt over for the second half of the game. Then you come into Wednesday, you're thinking, okay, it's a rubber match. You know, you got this hyped prospect making his debut. Brian Bayo is the 46th ranked prospect in Major League Baseball, the 13th ranked pitching prospect in all of Major League Baseball. He's getting Pedro comps. A this lot guy, of Pedro comps. Way too many Pedro way comps. Many. But. He's coming up with some sizzle, and I can't remember off the top of the dome the last Red Sox pitching prospect that's come up here with the same amount of like, oh, we got this guy in the building. Like, this is going to be incredible. It's going to be Bayo Day. I mean, we haven't had a pitcher day since Perez Day, which was obviously very important. Martin Perez, by the way. Complete side note. One of the best pitchers in baseball this year. That that is absolutely crazy. But Brian Bayo. At Fenway, Joey and I get here early. We were on Bayo watch. Like it's it's not you know you normally say that it's like, <laughs> is he going to be named the starter? We obviously knew he was going to be the starter of the it game. Was never a question. He was going he was going to be here. Yeah, he was yeah, going to be the guy. Time. It was announced on July. 4th. Imagine if he didn't show up. That would have been hilarious. That would have like, been Bayo the story watch. Of the year. He just decided to not show up yeah. for the start, which would have been crazy. But uh, shout out to Nate. Made a great graphic there that we posted on July fourth, the night of the fourth, when it was announced. Brian Bayo was going to make his debut, and so there was a different buzz at the ballpark, Joey. A different buzz, yeah. which I love debut buzzes. It's just a completely different feeling at the ballpark. 
than when you're going to a normal Wednesday game. So we go out there by the uh, the bullpen, and Bayo's warming up. He seems loose. He seems loose, doesn't seem rattled at all. Some of these younger guys come up. I mean, he's, what, 23 years old? 22 or 23, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's confirm, because he, I, I can almost guarantee you he's 23, mm-hmm. but let's see. I'll say probably 23. He's, pro- he's probably 23. Yeah, he's 23. There we he's go. He's 23. Turned 23 in May. In 1999, so, he was born. That's insane. Yeah. When the 99 All-Star game happened, Brian Bayo was exactly two months old. I, I mean, what are we talking about? That's that's a feel-old moment for me, I got to say. Yeah, but that's, a, that's a tough one. It's a little crazy. So he's out there talking with Vasquez. Joey's got his uh, fancy camera, getting some cool shots, and... It felt different. Like it, you could see early too, because we were trying to guess when he was going to come out of the dugout, when he was going to get ready to warm up. And it's something you don't really pay attention to when the starter mm-hmm. is like walking out on the field. Normally, mm-hmm. we get some, you know, try to get some cool BP shots and you know see what stuff we can get before the game. But we're not keeping track of like, oh, the starters on the field. Like, let's get some shots of the starter. We kind of do the player uh, routine. Which is, yeah. you know, let the starter do his thing. Yes. Yeah, he'll, he'll look when 707 comes around, when 710 <laughs> comes around, he'll be right there. You'll see him. You'll know exactly where he is. Yeah. In the middle of the field, on the rubber. He'll be pitching. On the mound. He'll, he'll be throwing he'll the be ball. He'll be throwing the ball. Until then, yeah, just just do your thing. So, yeah, following a guy at his first major league start, uh, very strange. And uh, it, it seems like he was doing some stuff that the average starter would not be doing. He's signing autographs. Yeah. He was like talking to some fans who were yelling to him. Uh, I guess I don't appreciate, or I don't appreciate. I don't appreciate him I don't at appreciate all. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, you don't really notice how deliberate it is that like those guys are getting yelled at and people are saying their names. You know, yeah, if I was yeah, five, yeah. 10 feet away from you and I'm like, Steve, <laughs> Hey, Steve, over here, Steve. You'd eventually turn, right? Yes. You'd be like, "That's yeah. my, that's my name." I'm obviously gonna turn and look at you, but guys just will act like that's just not happening. And uh, Brian very much is like, turned to guys like, "Hey, yeah, give me a sec, hold on." Hey, yeah. uh, didn't know he spoke English until like heard him speak. He was speaking with a translator to the media. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, he, he's out there like talking to fans, like I said, signing autographs and like going through a a. a strange routine it was it was tough to kind of get a picture of him but yeah i, I a lot think going on for him to to your point joey it is interesting i, I picked up on it with veritech mm-hmm. because jason veritech is a guy that if he's walking anywhere near fans at fenway park hey tech yo what's going on captain hey veritech over here yo keep will you sign will you sign like it's just mm-hmm. constant it's mm-hmm. constant energy for a guy that anytime the rest of his life Mm-hmm. He's at Fenway. He's going to get that. Uh, anytime he's in the city of Boston, the state of Massachusetts, the region of New England. It's like that anyway. guy was the base of so much joy for so many fans in this area, mm-hmm. ourselves included, that he walks around and you're just going to yell his name out. And so I, I get it and I see it. You know, we're not out by the bullpen that often. This is a rare scenario where it's like we want to get some cool Bayo shots. But it's a good point because <laughs> you forget how close the fans are. To the bullpens here, obviously Garrett Cole let you know in the uh, the wild card game last year. But I'm talking the Sox. But like I know how close the fans are to the opposing bullpen because that's a shot I love getting. I love getting that like literally a foot behind the pitcher warming up. We did that for Shohei earlier in the year. You rest your show your phone like on his. You're shoulder. literally on yeah. the guy's head. And but with the Sox bullpen, it's a little bit different, but kind of the same. Where you're just on top of these guys. You're literally on top of them. And you, if you're yelling their name, it's it's crazy 
the blinders these guys put on. Can I? It's impossible to imagine. Like you see, uh, celebrities do it all the time. Yeah. You know, like uh, I, I was Justin. In, Justin, was, like Bieber gets it like every two seconds. Yeah, yeah, like being Kanye West. Yeah. Or whatever, and Oof. just walking through a crowd and knowing like oh, I'm just not going to turn when all these people yell my name. It's funny when he does though. It's funny when mm-hmm. he's actually like, "Will you get yeah, out up? of my face?" Is that fireworks? There's yeah. fireworks going off right now. Was it a holiday or something? That's Why crazy. Not fireworks. That was weird. Um, okay, yeah, fireworks shot just, up by the House of Blues. Single fireworks. So you guys know. Yep, there you go. But yeah, I mean, it it's funny, and you only really notice it when there's a guy who's not used to it, and the guy who doesn't have the blinders on yet it is Brian Bay. Brian Bay. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So it, it, you know, that was interesting to observe by yeah. the bullpen. But yeah, the start. I mean, not what he would have wanted. I think it could have gone worse. Um, I want to get the actual he numbers hyped. here. He seemed four four innings. Yeah, four, four innings, six hits, four earned, three walks, two Ks. Uh, he's got a nice nine ERA right now. Overall, I'm not even. It's weird when you get these debuts and like obviously you want him to like go six shutout with like ten Ks, but mm-hmm. realistically that normally doesn't happen. Like these guys normally don't show up and just have a dominant first performance. It's pretty rare, honestly, mm-hmm. if you're going to be 23 years old. Like we had mentioned get all this hype, everyone yelling your name. There's a different buzz at the park. And the Rays got some boppers. Rays have some guys that, uh, even though they're younger, a lot of their top guy, you know, Rosa Reina, Franco, Kiermaier's been around for a little longer. But professional hitters, uh, G-Man Choi, guys, guys that are probably excited that they're facing someone that's making their MLB debut. And, you know, they perform like that tonight mm-hmm. and kind of messed up the vibes at Fenway, I would say. Uh, considering that Bayo leaves after four innings and gives up four runs. Yeah, a little bit. I think it was pretty clear to everybody. I don't think I'm really breaking any news here when I say that Brian Bayo looked a little on edge, I guess, is about a little That's too fair. excited, maybe. On edge is fair. Uh, yeah. He he got the adrenaline was up. You could tell. Um the first inning was real rough, but he did settle in in the second a little bit and he he did kind of uh, get get his groove going a little bit, and it's funny the exact um, note that everybody had on Bayo in the minors is exactly what happened out there, and that's when he's not spotting stuff, he's leaving it over the heart of the plate. Yeah, and when it's his fastball, it's his sinker, it gets crushed when it's over the heart of the plate, and the first three hits that he gave up all on his sinker that he left over the plate. So he has some location stuff. Uh, I'm sure the nerves didn't help that in a packed Fenway Park in a divisional game in your debut. So it's tough to have too many takeaways from it beyond when he looked good, he looked good. And when his changeup is there, his changeup looks great. Um, 95 mile an hour sinker. That thing's filthy. Yeah, dude, it touches like 97, 98. That's, that's just it's, ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and that changeup is just a, an awesome put-away pitch, but... Uh, Obviously didn't didn't have it all today, but I mean, dude, the amount of pressure that was put on that kid, the amount of like you said, Pedro comparisons. <laughs> we got to stop with that, dude. Uh, in you, if you go to YouTube.com right now, I don't is know this, if you've ever been to newer that site? site. Yeah, so it's Y-O-U, Yeah, it's Y O U YouTube. What what's the site about? Um, so you put like videos on here. If you type in Brian Bayo, I want you to look at this video that. The next Red Sox legend in the <laughs> thumbnail? Like, come on, bro. I'm not, I, I mean, I got to play devil's advocate. If with the stuff he has, the swag he has, the way he carries himself, and the si- similar pitching motions, he's got a similar pitching motion to Pedro. Sure. People are going to do that. 
And I know you had mentioned on the broadcast when they were talking about Bayo getting called up, they were zooming in on the number 45 out there, which yeah. is maybe a little aggressive. But I think he's he doesn't seem rattled. Like, I, I, it's hard for us to gauge his facial expressions uh, when we're up in State Street Pav 4, like we normally are up there. But he doesn't seem phased at all by the spotlight. And I want this kid to be great so badly. And yeah, I think that's what a lot do. of fans want. But that's the thing. I think a lot of fans want him to be great and want him to be the next thing. And as a Red Sox fan, as a baseball fan, you always want the starter that you can put day behind. You want the yeah. guy's last name that you can throw day after it so that it has a different buzz, a different feel at the ballpark. And it just makes the season more entertaining when you got a guy. We've had it with Sale Day. We had it with Perez Day. And we could have it with Bayo Day. So I understand why people are very excited. I get it. And I think the fact that you're seeing him earlier than you expected to is probably part of the excitement, too. I don't I don't know about you. I wasn't expecting to see him, you know, this week. Yeah. You know, if you told me a, a week ago today that he, I was going to be seeing a Bayo start at Fenway, Probably would have said, think, how do you know that? Are you from the future? Yeah, where are you yeah. from? The future, buddy? Yeah. I think the uh, the buzz started around the weekend, mm-hmm. which it can kind of get lost in the sauce because July 4th was on Monday. So you kind of, I don't know. You're trying to watch the games. You're trying to keep up with everything. But you're also like, this is the ultimate vacation week mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of summer here. So I understand um, there was a lot of pressure on him. I get that. He seemed to handle it well. I like that he's interacting with the fans. If anything, I don't think that shows that he's not used to this kind of attention. I think it just shows that he's loose. I think it shows he's like, yeah, I can sign autographs, talk with the fans, and also start tonight. That's not, like, unheard of. It is kind of funny that that gets looked at as like, oh, my God. Like you, I saw Cotillo tweeted out, like, in an un, you know, unusual move, Brian Bayo is signing autographs by the dugout on a start night. Like, <gasps> Oh my goodness, he was signing autographs on a stop night? My gosh. So it's whatever. Who cares? Like, imagine NBA guys, you know, and they're warming up, going in the tunnel, getting ready for the game. They're signing Steph Curry signs autographs. They all sign autographs. It's mm-hmm. not that weird. So it shouldn't be looked mm-hmm. at as this like unforeseen thing that this kid is signing some cigs <laughs> before making his MLB debut. Signing some cigarettes. Yes, yeah, he was signing cigarettes, and I was yeah. like, don't do that. That was the bad look. Don't yeah. be signing cigs. Yeah, that guy's you're li- signing his lit cigarette. <laughs> yeah, Maybe that think was bizarre. About it, Brian. But I, I don't but think that, that. that shouldn't be a thing. That shouldn't be mm. like a bizarre thing that the guy that's starting that night is signing autographs. I can commiserate with him in a way that like I think all of us can of like, you go somewhere new and you're like, oh, is this? Am I breaking a rule? Yeah, this isn't. Yeah. This is a thing we don't do. I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's cool to just see a starter who's not. Um, at, I don't want to say head case, but as much of a head case as the average starter. No, I, I think it's it's nice to see that he has that. Uh, he seems to have good composure. The swag is obviously there, and we're pulling for him. We want Brian Bayo to be that dude. He has that dude potential. Mm-hmm. So we want him to reach it. This was from Red Sox Stats. Very interesting tweet here mm-hmm. from July 4th from our nation's independence day. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday, USA. He was saying, Brian Bayo recently turned 23 years old. Pitching for the Red Sox at or before age 23 is quite rare. So the last guy to do it was Darwinson Hernandez, who actually pitched on the 4th uh, for the Woo Sox in a comeback victory 
down in Worcester. Congratulations. Yeah, great job by the Woo Sox. We got to get to Polo Pack, dude. I know, I know, we got know. some friends that work for the Woo Sox. Let's, we got to figure this out. Uh, but yeah, Darwinson was the last guy to do it in 2019. Before that, it was Erod in 2015. So this doesn't really happen That's, that often. In the last mm-hmm. six years, you've only had one guy, uh, one pitching prospect that was 23 or younger pitch for the Red Sox, make his debut for the Red Sox. So it doesn't happen that often. It was Erod, Henry Owens in 2015, Edwin Escobar in 2014, and then Alan Webster in 2013. Who could forget Felix Dubront? Who could forget? In 2010. I liked Felix Dubront. Mm-hmm. He, he was what he was. He wasn't great. He was he was all right. But, but yeah, any other thoughts on Bayo? I know it's uh, we don't want the Pedro comps. Enough of the Pedro comps. Get rid of those. Yeah. It's stupid. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Just stop. I get the same, you know, the wall. Look at the windups. Yeah, but just you, you throw around Pedro Martinez. It's disrespectful to Pedro Martinez. You can't just be like, oh, maybe he's going to be the next Pedro. No, no. He should be his own his own version of himself. I know the... Uh, Pitching coach for the Woo Sox, Paul Abbott, said the next Pedro is an unfair tag. Pedro is one in a billion. I tell him a lot. I don't want you to be the next Pedro. I want you to be the next Bayo. I, so here's slight crit- critique, Joey. Mm-hmm. It's always like be the, it's you can't be the next Bayo if you are Bayo. You know what I mean? Be the current Bayo. Yeah, the current Bayo. Yeah. So that's my only tweak to that quote because I, I get what you're saying, Paul. I do. The next Bayo would be like his kids. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. next Bayo would be like a prospect that's like <laughs> another guy. A really? different guy. We want you to be a different guy. The next Bayo is like four years old right yeah. now. So just be a really good version of yourself is basically what we're saying. That would be, I mean, that's a terrible quote. We don't want you to be the next Pedro. We want you to be a really good version of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I One last thing on Bayo for me is that I'm excited to watch him on TV. I'm excited. Mm. Like when you're here, it's a little bit harder to see the movement of the pitches and really get a feel for how he's uh, making the opposing hitters feel. And I want to see that on the broadcast next time he pitches. Mm-hmm. One of the best parts about being back at Fenway is getting the Fenway camera angle back again. Because mm. when you get it's somewhere like, else, it, it just throws it off even the tiniest bit. I mean, obviously, some parks are, are worse than others with like where the camera well is. But um, Wrigley wasn't that bad. But still, just getting back to a, a comfort zone, literally like a comfortable strike zone in your in your mind, just is nice. One of the underrated things about coming back home. But yeah, um, obviously not what you wanted from Bayo. But I mean, come on, could have been worse. He's a he's a child. He's a child. He's a child, guys. In, in Major League Baseball. All right. So. so anyone that's upset, lay off him. He's a child. Uh, one thing we need to talk about is the Red Sox record versus the American League East. Yeah. It is something that has been uh, terrible this year. They are 0-8-0 in series against the AL East. In every three-game series against the AL East this year, which is six of them, they've won exactly one game. So they're like, you know what? We get a three-gamer. I can guarantee you one win, and that that is all. That's all we can do. The only series in which they've won multiple games against the AL East this year was that five-gamer against the Orioles, and they only won two. So just to break it down, versus the Rays this year, I'm going to break it down via series. So in the the series, in the series I, versus the Rays, they go one and two and one and two in the two series against the Rays. Versus the Jays, one and two, one and three, one and two. Versus the Yankees, one and two. That was the opening series of the year. Versus the Orioles, one and two at Camden, and then two and three at Fenway. Overall, nine and eighteen against the AL East, and like I mentioned, that is o eight and o 
in series. It is honestly stunning to me that the Red Sox right now are tied for the top wildcard spot in the American League, considering they haven't won a single series within their own division in the first half of the season. Yeah, 333 winning percentage. It's in, it's uh, just it's insane, in right? The, in the division. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes no sense. I mean, we were also talking a little bit about how they've now lost three series in a row. Yeah. And they're still tied for the top wildcard spot. I swear that, like, standings confuse me sometimes. You know mm-hmm. when, like, you... you Sox, so the Sox were winning all those games, right? They went on that ridiculous stretch mm-hmm. after starting ten and nineteen, it, and they lost ground on the Yankees. Yes, that's a yes. I'm glad that's where you were going because what was that? That was bizarre. Yeah. And it's like even though the Yankees are playing great, it's like how the hell did the Sox lose ground? They basically won every game. Because every every um, like stat that you saw was like, and the Sox are the hottest team in baseball, and no team's had a run like this best in so long. ERA. Best starter ERA, and they also, you know, it's the best month of any team since Jordan Montgomery was a fetus. So no, dude, it makes absolutely no sense how you could lose ground. How did the Yankees do better than the Sox during that time, like just silently? Like it just didn't go mentioned, never came up once? I think it's because we just turn a blind eye when they're cooking like they're cooking right now. I mean, they won 16 to nothing. I know the Pirates are the Pirates, but... Yankees won 16 nil. Judge had a grand slam. Stan went deep. This is just kind of on and on they go. I so we'll we'll get to the Yankees. We'll get to the Yankees. We'll get there. But real quick, one thing, and I want I want your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Four of the six AL playoff teams, as it stands right now, are from the AL East. Mm-hmm. So I honestly think the American League World Series representative is going to come out of the AL East. I think it could mm-hmm. be the Yankees. I think it could be the Red Sox. You never know. It could be the Red Sox. It could be the Rays. It could be the Jays. It could be the Red Sox. It could be the Red Sox. It could be the Red Sox. So actually, let, let me just let me just stick let me just stick with that. When I was saying it could be the Red Sox, my insides were like, "Are you talking crazy right now mm-hmm. that the Red, the Red Sox Are you talking crazy? The Red Sox could make the World Series, especially after they just lost their eighth series I was against say, the where, AL East this where year. Where are you at right now? <laughs> I'm more saying that if you're leading, if it's midway through the year, which it is, mm-hmm. and you're leading your league's wild card positioning, which the Red Sox are tied with the Rays for the top wild card spot, mm-hmm. then yeah, you can make the World Series. You could represent the American League in the World Series, but mm-hmm. as it stands right now, we're gonna uh, you know lead into some some midway point reactions. As it stands right now, how do you feel about that? Saying the Red Sox could make the World Series. Does that sound super crazy town, crazy town, or not crazy town? It's like just not what I'm thinking about at all. It's like if I said to you, like, how does this sound? Yeah. Um, peanut butter tires on a f- inflatable vehicle. You'd be like, why are you, where are you talking about that? Where is that coming from? So that's where you equate Th- the Red Sox in the World in Series. In the World Series. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, dude, after that game, I mean, after this series, I'm I don't, I'm not ge- thinking this that isn't at all. about like right Sure. Yeah, I, it's in general. I could see it happening. I could see it happening. I mean, after last year, it's hard to write off any team. You know, it's it, like, it's it's uh, it, it's definitely plausible. I have a I have something for you, Steve. Okay, I got something the for De- you after you got something for me. The Detroit Tigers. <laughs> of all right? the things, I just expected <laughs> you to say the Detroit Tigers. Of course, the Tigers. This is right? our Tigers part of the show. They're an awful team, right? Yeah. yeah. Through and through. And I think Major League Baseball should punish them in some way. Yeah. 
Community service. A spanking. <laughs> no, I think you move the Tigers over to the AL East. You move the Red Sox to the AL Central. Where is this coming Check from? Check that out. Why, why are you, I'm wh- talking about we're, the fact that we're in the hardest division in baseball. Yeah, I yeah. like it that way. You like it, it that way? It gets you playoff ready. Yes. Absolutely, I like I think it that way. I don't see it this the way the that you SEC. do. When, when, when you're saying that the World Series representative or the AL representative in the World Series is going to come from the AL East, my first thought is you're beating up on each other the whole year round. Yeah. You know? You, you're, it, your, whole you year, your whole year is tough. Yeah, yeah. I just I think I, I get what you're saying. I just think that at the end of the day, every team plays 162 games. You're gonna be a percentage beat up from that, regardless of who you play. So I think there's gonna be some wear and tear, regardless of if you're playing the worst team in baseball 162 times or not. So being in the AL East, I think you're facing better pitching. You're facing definitely better lineups. And the atmospheres are pretty awesome. Even in Camden Yards is awesome. That's a ton of fun. And the fans care a lot in Baltimore, and that team's playing some good ball. So if we're going to go by the fan graphs uh, projections, the odds, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which we like checking in on throughout the course of the season, as of right now, did you see it? I can't see it. Okay. I'm going to ask you, Mm -hmm. what percentage chance do you think fan graphs is giving of the Red Sox winning the World Series. Oh. All right, let's start with just making the postseason odds first. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 71. 75. Okay. Pretty okay. good. Pretty good. I, I would have right. said probably around, just because I remember checking a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but yeah, around 75 feels about right. Yeah. Percentage chance, though, of winning the World Series. Six point four. It is two point eight. Which I feel I like it, I feel bit. like that's not mm-hmm. terrible. All things mm-hmm. considered, I mean the Yankees are on pace for like the most wins in the history of baseball. They have an eleven point five percent chance of winning the World Series. That's absurd. That is absurdly low. <laughs> Whoa, really? <laughs> they are potentially gonna win 117 games. But I'm what saying have they based done, off of what is this this Yankees team done in the post? Joey, I don't think this yeah, team I mean, the Yankees are gonna win the World Series. I'm saying for how Fangraphs does odds. Mm-hmm. I've seen in the past the team that's like easily the fit. I mean, the Astros have a 15% chance. The Yankees have an I like 11. The, I like the Astros chance better than the Yankees. But the, I I think we're looking at separate things. Mm-hmm. I think with fan graphs, I don't think they're factoring in like a couple of Sox guys that are like, what have the Yankees ever even done with this core? Like they're factoring in the rotation, how they're playing, the stars, judge, all these guys mm-hmm. playing at a high level. It's not like it's just based off of what your playoff history is, which I think what we would go off of more is that. Mm-hmm. So the the Astros being 14.8 and the Yankees being 11.5 is a little crazy. But the, the point of this was that the Red Sox, uh, via fan graphs, have a 3% chance of winning the World Series. And that feels about right, considering how the season's gone, considering that they're the top wildcard team. I will live with mm-hmm. that, even though... They are 9-18 and 18 against the AL East, which just has to change. That has to change, and it has to change fast. And you have a chance to fix that with Yankees, Rays, Yankees as your next three series. Yeah, I mean, well, we wanted this team to go at least 8-6 and six over this 14 before the All-Star break, right? Yeah. Against 
strictly divisional opponents. They're against, one and two. Against literally the same two opponents back-to-back to back-to-back. To back. Uh, they're one and two, which by the math means they need to uh, go help me out here, Steve. Seven, seven and, and four. four. Seven and four. Seven and four uh, from here out against Yankees, Rays, Yankees. You see that happen? Um, it can. Do I see it happening based off of this series? It's It's unlikely. Yeah, because, I mean, you're not going to beat the Yankees when you're leaving as many people on base as they did this series. A lot of series. LOBs, a lot of lobs. I mean, tons. I didn't look at the numbers because I, I think it would be a little depressing, honestly. Yeah. I think it would bum me out. But I can think of at least two instances in which they left the bases loaded. Uh, one with the tying run at the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, and the other one, uh, Bobby struck out with the Wait, bases loaded. Bobby struck out with the bases loaded. Okay, so yeah, Bobby. Um, what? Bob Bobby Dalbeck. I mean, what? Yeah, yeah, he came up to bat. Um, guy in first, guy in second, and then uh, a runner on third as well. And he struck out. Yeah, two outs and. Um, Bobby, yeah, he, in Bobby, the, Bobby. They were doing that, and then uh, he swung and missed the pitch. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, pitched is kind of. Over we the heart want of Bob the plate. to do well, but it's it's just I I've said it a million times. I've never felt more uh, confident in one of my lines I've said on a podcast than, and it's not even like a take or anything. It's just like a, a guaranteed fact. It's an that observation. Big ABs find Bobby every game, mm-hmm. every single game. It's either first and second, second and third, bases loaded. It's always two outs, mm-hmm. and vast majority of the time it's that strikeout and you know being pissed at the ump and upset and. Um, it's just tough. It's tough to see. But I mean, this season turnaround doesn't mean anything if you can't beat an AL East team and winning one game a series is obviously not going to cut it. The Sox have to figure it out. Sox have to play better against all of them. The Orioles included like normally you got the O's coming to town. You're going to Camden. It's a, a guaranteed series win. It's not that anymore. It's not that with this Orioles team. And that sucks. That part of it's tough where we talk about the AL East and how tough it is, it's normally everyone still kills the O's. Everyone's still going to feast on the Orioles, but it's not like that this season. And that not being there waiting for you every month mm-hmm. is a killer. They didn't get the memo this year of their role no. in the division. No, which it's I, like, I respect that they're the uh, the underdog that can actually win some ball games instead of like, oh, good effort. You know, you almost, you almost got us. There. Yeah. I mean, they share a record with uh, a couple other teams that are are kind of half legit. The Orioles teams. are thirty nine and forty four. They're six games out of a, a playoff spot, which is we're halfway through the season. We're saying the O's are six games That's, out of a playoff spot. That's insane. Uh, wait, uh, do they have the same record as the White Sox? They have the same record. They have three more losses than the White. Same amount of wins. Same amount same of wins as the Chicago wins. White Sox, which is really saying something. Who were like favored to win their division? Yeah, yeah. Miami. Wow, Miami's thirty nine and forty one. That's surprising. So, yeah, they'd be – the Orioles would be like five games out in the NL, six out in the – I mean, they're they're a solid team. They're much better than we had anticipated, and we're just going to say they're great if the Sox keep losing. And we're like, this is one of the greatest Orioles teams of all time. But we have a segment coming up, Joey, Yeah, that is called Panic or Don't Panic. It is multiplying by two mm-hmm. some of the important stats of some of the boppers in the Red Sox lineup and saying, should we panic or not panic about these stats? And that is coming up next on episode 31 of Inside the Monster. (music) 
We are back on Inside the Monster. It is time for Panic or Don't Panic. Everyone's favorite segment. Should this segment have a better name than Panic or Don't Panic? The Panic um, Meter? No, I mean, Panic or Don't Panic is the answer, right? Yeah. You ask a question and then I say Panic or Don't Panic. Yeah, and we, you both, say we both do Panic, panic or, or Don't, don't Panic. panic. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that could be the theme song for our little game show. All right. Panic or, or don't, don't panic. panic. You ask, ask the, question, the question. We, we have the answer. answer. It, it is panic, panic or don't, don't panic. panic. All right. First one is JD Martinez. Now, this is <laughs> for those listening at home, this is the most obvious answer of all time. JD Martinez is on pace for 16 home runs this season. Joey Capone, for mm-hmm. those listening at home, just made a disgusted face. I just vomited. He just yeah. threw up all over the EEI studio, right where Castiglione sits. We're going to have to clean that up. I be Joe. So JD's on pace for 16 homers. Mm-hmm. Joey, panic or don't panic? At that stat, panic. Mm. But JD's playing a little different game this year. JD's yeah. just playing a little bit of a different game. He's you know, the he's average guy. Hitting, he's hitting, Even though what, he's not, he's not the average guy lately. I got to get the mm-hmm. keep keep on going. But he the hit, JD numbers lately are obviously tough. Yeah, they they've been tough, and we talked last episode about him and Bogey both uh, really falling off a cliff. I mean, JD did come back in this series. He hit five for thirteen. Um, so I mean, he's 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 also hitting um, extra base hits. He had two doubles here. So uh, and he had a homer. Didn't he have a homer? This series? Did JD? he not? J.D. Bridge? Did I completely miss a, a J.D. Bridge call? I don't think it happened, No, actually. he didn't hit a home. No, he did not. No. But um, It is funny. We should just make stats out of it. And he and also he had hit. that grand slam on July 4th. Like, how are we not talking the about fireworks that? fireworks in the distance? Yeah, it was nuts. Anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, panic at the idea that the J.D. Martinez of old may not be here anymore. And that's, uh, given his age, probably a permanent thing. Uh, if that's something you deem worthy of panicking about. But JD's still a, a very, very, very valuable piece of your core. I say yay. Panic or don't panic? Panic about the home okay, runs. Okay, yeah, panic. Yeah. I, I think the answer is panic. I think it's an obvious panic. JD Martinez has averaged 35 home runs a year in his three full seasons with the Red Sox, obviously taking out the 2020 season. He is tied for third in Major League Baseball with 26 doubles. Mm-hmm. So the the doubles are still happening. He led the majors in doubles last year. So JD is still the doubles guy, which accounts for something that matters, especially if you got guys on in front of you. And Duran has proven to do that. Devers has proven to do that. JD is hitting 258 against off speed pitches this year. He was hitting 312 against the off speed pitches last year. So that's been a problem for Julio. A lot of bad swings on pitches low and out of the zone. I think that's been something that he has laid off of in the past, and he simply cannot do it this season. He's not getting a lot of stuff he can lift. I know that's factoring into the home run count. If you watch J.D. at bats, it's normally a lot of this dipping stuff that stays low and does not put him in a position to lift the ball over the monster, over any of these fences here at Fenway Park. So it's, it's a panic. That JD's on pace for 16. I mean, that's if his end of year total is 16, that's simply unheard of. I know one thing. Doesn't it feel like it's going to be, though? Doesn't it, it feel does like it's going to be? It does because it's not like he, I don't think some... he's going to get. He has eight homers in the first half of the season. He's had a four homer game before. Mm-hmm. He's had a game 
where he's hit half the homers he's hit in 81 games this season. So it's rather preposterous that J.D. in a contract year, a guy that is still, I believe, top 10 in the majors in batting average, not like, you know, I know we had the whole batting average debate early in the year, but um, it, it's it's a little puzzling that the power is where it is. Since the start of June, J.D. only has three home runs. He's hitting 241 with a 712 OPS. So this slump is relatively extended for him. You said that's from June 1st? June 1st on. Dude, his April and May. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Must have been unbelievable. Yeah, le- leading, leading up to June 1st, he was hitting 363 Jeez, with a 988 please. OPS, and he had five homers in that span. So JD's got to pick it up uh, really across the board. And I know he had a three hit game in the series, but he's a guy that. As J.D. goes, normally this offense goes, and the Sox need him desperately. Second topic in panic or don't panic or don't panic. Or don't panic. Trevor's story is on pace for 200 strikeouts this season. Panic. Panic. That's that's the easiest one. That one's easier than the J.D. one because there's positives to pull out of J.D. Like you said, he's still a hits machine, and and he's getting extra base hits. Story... It's tougher to pull positives out of. Yes, it is. Also, these strikeouts, a lot of them are happening in big situations. Guys on base. A lot of LOBs uh, in those sitches. He led the majors in strikeouts in 2017 with 191. That is the career high for Trevor Story with Ks. Uh, He's also on pace, though, for 28 homers and 108 RBIs. So a little give and take with Trevor so far. Obviously, the average isn't where you want it to be. You want his batting average to be higher than that. He's on pace to become the first Red Sox second baseman with 100-plus RBIs in a season since Bobby Doerr in 1950, which I got to say, Joey, surprised me. Mm-hmm. That one was from our, our, our boy Justin. I am kind of surprised Pedroia didn't have a 100-RBI season, but now saying that out loud, I'm like, yeah, I feel like I would have known if he had a 100-RBI season. Like There, there would have been some commotion about that. So 91 was the career high for Petey in 2011. But you feel like with all his accolades that it probably could have just got lost in the shuffle a little bit. That's yeah, what true. I assumed anyway. Yeah, no, I, I was I had to look it up. It's not Justin, we're not doubting you, dude. Uh, we know that all your stats are accurate. Once again, I know I told you this in person, but include Nomar and in more of your this hasn't happened since uh tweets. Include Nomar in more of those. You just like seeing Nomar's name on your phone? Yeah, they just I always reply Nomar. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh Trevor Story just a fun fact is hitting 204 against fastballs. Oh, year. that is a really fun fact. So that's wicked fun. That's factoring into these uh, the K rate being this high. So yeah, panic for Trevor Story being on pace for 200 Ks. Xander Bogarts mm-hmm. on pace for 14 homers and 68 RBIs. Panic or don't panic? Again, he brings so much else to the table. Where I don't know. Panic is the right word. I guess. I guess if you have to fall into one category, it's probably panic. Yeah, I think yeah, we're three panic. for three across the board with panics. I agree with you. This is if we could do panic light, I would say panic light. Panic light. I think panic light fits here. Trevor, Trevor is a is a panic. The Trevor strikeouts is a panic. Yeah, because they also just they feel gross too. They look bad. They're ugly. Okay, a lot of bad, but a lot of bad pitches in the dirt. Just ugly chases, one-handed swings. The it says a lot about a dude. Uh, how you look walking back to the dugout after a strikeout. Yeah, uh, Trevor's is not great, but uh, I mean, bogey with homers is one thing. 
I, I'd say maybe the RBI is a little, a little more uh, concerning. But Theo Epstein, as you may remember, yeah, he had, had hundred RBI seasons. He had a hundred RBI season. Yeah. No, he had a quote uh, that was like, uh, "The only time RBI is a valuable discussion is uh, when you're talking about percentage of opportunity." So that is fair. I think it's something that doesn't really get factored in enough is how many guys does he have on base when he hits? That should be a stat. Average base runner per at-bat. I would like to know that. I guarantee you it's out there. I'm sure it is. There are, I mean, you can find any. base runner per at-bat. A, B, P. A, B. A, B. Per at-bat. Pab. The ab-pab. Ab-pab. <laughs> Somebody make the ab-pab stat for average base runner per at-bat. I need to know what that is because I feel like Xander's is relatively low. Xander Bogarts, like we mentioned, on pace for 14 home runs and 68 RBIs this year. He's averaged 26 homers each of his last three full seasons with the Red Sox. Averaged 100 RBI in each of his last three full seasons with the Red Sox. He is on pace for 42 doubles. As I mentioned earlier, J.D. Martinez led the majors in doubles last year with 42. So Xander is on a potential league-leading pace for doubles, which matters for something. So panic, but panic light, I think, for this one. Lastly, Rafael Devers on pace for 92 RBIs. Panic or don't panic? Don't panic. Yeah, don't panic. Part of this is because I had to put a don't panic in here. Uh, but yeah, don't panic. I wouldn't panic on this one. He's averaged 98 RBI a season in his last three full seasons, on pace for 34 home runs. He's on pace for his highest batting average of his career, currently at 327. And Rafi is on pace for his highest OPS ever. He's at 962 right now. So, Rafi Devers, we're not panicking about the stats. I know uh, he had somewhat hammy soreness, and that's kept him out for the last couple, but he was available to pinch hit on Wednesday. It's just that there weren't really any pinch hitting scenarios that made sense because the game was out of hand for most of it. And that'll do it for panic or don't panic. Essentially, the uh, biggest panic on the Red Sox is the power, at least lineup-wise, power's down. The power is down for some of your big boppers. And and let's be real, like, Franchi's had a great year and really overachieved considering what we expect of him. It would be nice if you could hit some more home runs. <laughs> it really would be. That's one thing, and I know we talked about, and I think it was a DM segment a couple weeks ago of like what, you know, superhuman uh, talent would you add to one of these guys? And I would say Franchi like top three homers in the league, and it, that's not a crazy th- for what he's like, what power he has. It's not a crazy thing to say. He's ca- he's capable of hitting some bombs, but I mean, he's not the guy that you need to be turning to. to no, say, I'm just the- I'm just saying if you look down the lineup of. Mm-hmm. You know, who could make up for this? Mm-hmm. And if you look at Bogarts... I mean, it should be the guys who should be doing it. Yeah, I know. No, it should be the guys sh- that should be doing it. But if you're going to balance it out, you know, one through nine in the lineup, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. Bobby's another one where it's like hitting 200. At least he could throw in some more bombs. That would be nice. But with Xander, you do have Trevor Story now uh, in the middle of the infield with Xander Bogarts, and he's on pace for 30 home runs or right around there. So that does balance it out a little bit. You haven't had that kind of pop at second base in a long, long time. That will do it for Panic or Don't Panic. Coming up next, we have some more thoughts on this series and then our closing thoughts on Inside the Monster. (laughs) 
We are back on Inside the Monster. We didn't really talk about July 4th that much. No, that we should. That game feels like a while ago. So it's- 1776 was... <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. Our nation's independence. Let's do a whole show on that. Uh, interesting game. Honestly, an interesting game. You're heading into it. It is a bullpen game. Austin Davis starts. He goes two scoreless. But the story for me was Cutter Crawford. Cutter yeah. Crawford was the guy. Five and a third. Only gives up two hits. One walk, eight strikeouts, and he had a pace to him. He was very consistent, very consistent on the mound. For a game, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the game with Wachamahu behind the plate. It was. Uh, Phil Cuzzy. Phil Cuzzy behind the plate. He didn't know the strike zone at all. That That's a hopeless feeling as a fan when you're watching. You're like, you're guessing back there. You really don't know what's a strike and what's a ball. Mm. The amount of head turns he got from guys on the Sox and the Rays in the box, like, mm. what? That's strike? What are you talking about, strike? That was terrible. That's got to feel worse than getting yelled at, you know? For, yeah. for whatever reason, I think, like, a guy, like, laughing at you, yeah. I think, has got to be the worst reaction. Like, because a guy to turn, it's like, that's terrible. What are you looking at? That's one Versus, thing. like, are you kidding me? You yeah. think that was in the zone? Yeah. This is your job? What? You get paid to do this? Yikes, oh dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's like hitting the catcher. Like, Did you? Are you serious? Wow. You saw where brother. that pitch was, right? Yeah, that is tough. If yeah. you have a guy just look at you like, you got to be kidding me, right? That can't be a strike. That happened a lot with mm-hmm. Phil Cuzzy, but... Credit to Cutter Crawford for, you know, battling through a pretty brutal strike zone and making it look easy. He really, for, the offense didn't do much. I mean, it was 4-0 was the final score. Sox added a couple in the bottom of the eighth. This was a 0-0 ball game. This was a 1-0 ball game, a 2-0 ball game, and Crawford just kept on dealing, Mm -hmm. uh, putting down the Rays with relative ease. The Rays only had two hits on the day. That game feels like ages ago, but uh, your thoughts on the July Fourth fits on the really on the hats, and I gotta say, major shout out to Christian Vasquez. He loves himself some July Fourth. He looked like a candy cane. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> Stats had a great tweet at you that there was a uh, there were betting odds on his eye black. Yeah, the color of his eye black. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, big bummer for all betters who took red. Yeah. If there are any degenerates out there who are betting on the color of catcher's eye black Oof. on July 4th. Um, it's probably more than we think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the hats. The hats. The hats. The hats. How did the hats get approved <laughs> by anyone? Yeah, what do you, you, you don't like them. Dude, they were trash. They're not great. They look like trash. Do you ever find yourself i know you don't drive a vehicle in this city steve no, no. do you ever find yourself inside of a gas station and no i don't drive a vehicle so right yeah okay <laughs> well, i just hang out at gas stations <laughs> i don't know if yeah you, i know that i know this guy rob he just like yeah, works just at a gas, gas station gas i just chill well, with him there. i don't know the last time you were in a gas station first of all let me just wait till you see what the prices are these yeah, days. Could, <laughs> say, no we were, we were hey we were driving back but, from the cape so we did get gas yeah okay yeah um, do you know how gas stations, rest stops, trucks, truck stops, all those places sell like knockoff hats? Yeah. Oh, you okay? It that's looked fair. Like that. Yeah. It looked like on the side of it, it would have like a big pot leaf. Yeah. And like, it, just all these you know stupid patches on. It didn't it. Dude, look it, MLB approved. No, it just looked like it had somebody. I'm stealing this from somebody. I was thinking it, then somebody put the words to the thought. 
it had big time Kyle energy. <laughs> like that was like a like that those hats should have very funny. Those hats should have had an ad for Monster Energy on the side of it. Yeah. Just awful Ed Hardy hats, dude. Get those out of here. I could not believe that those were real. And I can't believe that the Blue Jays that, wore see, them. That's so funny. You took the words out of my mouth. I think the the funniest thing, and this is something that happens on Twitter where you're like, all right, these photoshops are getting good. No. So you don't, I'm like, is this, I don't want to get got on something where I'm like, can you believe this? And then it's a Photoshop. Mm. I thought it was a joke when I saw the red, white, and blue U.S. flag with the Blue Jays logo in the middle. And in MLB's defense. Did they think about it or were they, do you think they just. In MLB's defense, we are an officially MLB <laughs> licensed podcast. In MLB's defense, mm-hmm. you don't want to leave a team out because of the country they're in but if you were ever gonna do it it would have made sense probably do it when you're talking about (laughs) the other country for a day usa independence day might have been the time to just stick with the normal jays hats but i get it from the standpoint of like everything they do is across the board like when they have players weekend which they better do that again like the little league weekend or whatever where they get the nicknames on the jerseys they didn't Mm -hmm. do that last year so I would like them to bring that back. Of course, that's going to be across the board. This is the one that you thought maybe wasn't going to be on the Jays hat, the the USA flag. But overall, I thought it was. I, I thought the hats were. They didn't bug me enough for me to be that upset. But you're not wrong that they looked like they were sold at gas stations. I loved the sleeves, a red, white, and blue the like the, are with good. stars sleeves. and everything. I'm like, yo, those sleeves were hitting. Those mm-hmm. were a very good look. I know Story had one, Arroyo had one, Christian Vasquez. See, I always picture it. As like in the clubhouse, they just have it all laid out. And it's like grab whatever you want, wear whatever you want. And Vasquez mm-hmm. is like, "Damn it, I'm wearing all of it. Yeah. I'm gonna wear one <laughs> of each. I'm gonna get the custom face mask. I'm gonna get the custom cleats." Like I He's love here that. at nine a.m. Yeah. Yes, he was like, "I am so excited for the extra <laughs> gear. I'm gonna get to wear today." And you can see that he was pumped about it. So that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, the fourth was fun. The fourth was fun. It was a good win. It was a shutout win. That was the only win in the series. So I think that's. I think that'll do it for the July 4th game, but good win for the Sox. Uh, The one thing, one other thing, well, a few other things. I guess the last thing from the series we want to talk about, because we've got a little Robles, little Sale, little Whitlock, and then some closing thoughts, is the Nick Pavetta moment with Yandy Diaz was bizarre to me. And I know Pavetta has a terrible start, and, uh, you know, that might have cost him an all-star spot. I'm super salty if that's the case, because he had been absolutely the ace of the Red Sox. And it just been so, 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 so good for 11, 12 starts. And then he has a stinker against the Rays. But what a weird moment with Yandy Diaz. What, what was st- up with that? What a stupid moment. So yeah. for any of you that didn't catch it, here's kind of the gist of what went down. Pavetta's having some control issues. There's a ball up and in. It's a little tight. It wasn't not even that, that tight. up. It was just kind of right? in a little. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't it was, even that bad. It was on the hands, but like more than enough time to get out of the way. Right? And uh, Nick yells, presumably cursing, at himself, right? Just, ah, darn. And Yandy Diaz then turns back around to Nick Pavetta, takes a step towards the mound, and gives him, like, the big chest, puffs out his chest a little bit, and says, like, you got something to say? And Nick Pavetta smiles, and he's like, I'm talking to me. I'm not John Boy, but I could tell right away. Yeah, I'm he's not pointing to, to himself, you. I'm and he to me. he says, "I'm talking to me." No, I'm talking to me. Yeah, 
And Yandy Diaz still was like going out there. And Vasquez had to like kind of get up in his grill and be like, dude, what are you doing? This is how Nick Pavetta acts. I don't know. Well, even whoever was on, it might have been Kiermaier was like, dude, Mm. come on. Like, what what are are we doing here? And I think Yandy was trying to, uh, or I think where he was coming from was that he had had two doubles uh, up to that point. It's like, dude, you are not getting thrown at. Yandy Diaz because yeah, you please. one time hit two doubles. <laughs> yeah. Like well especially it's like I'm pretty sure at that point it's a 3-3 game. It's like the 4th or the 5th inning. I'm like what 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 is this? That's twice so, now in a I know, couple series I know. that that's happened. Well, it was uh, Vladdy made it a whole thing in Toronto, but yeah. I just don't I don't think, and we've talked about this before, these Red Sox guys aren't headhunters. These guys aren't throwing at people intentionally. I can't remember the last time a Red Sox pitcher has clearly thrown at someone intentionally. It's been a little while. So mm-hmm. for the assumption that— It just in, doesn't happen in, in baseball much. No, but a lot anymore. of teams do have a guy that's like the intentional brushback guy. I, I think there's been mm-hmm. times in Red Sox history where it's happened a lot more often than sure. it does now. And— for the inside pitch, it's like whatever. It was a whatever inside pitch. Also, if Pavetta's yelling, like, and, and obviously he's not even looking at Diaz. He's off to the side. Mm. And what scenario is he throwing in and then yelling at you? <laughs> like, I've never seen a pitcher ever do that. No. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to hit you. Like, what, what would he even be saying? So, I complete overreaction by Yandy Diaz. I think the tough part is that I had tweeted, um, tough part, at least for me, was that I, I had tweeted, you know, Nick Pavetta's got the AL East rattled because all these guys are having these over-the-top reactions. And then that got taken out of context a little bit. I'm not like, I, I didn't mean it necessarily as like he's crushing the AL East in his performances. It was more like clearly everyone's kind of flipping out over some inside pitches. And then naturally he gives up six earned. Everyone's like, does, does he have the AL East rattled? I don't know, Steve. I don't know. So I was like, yeah, you guys all suck. But it, I, I love Nick Pavetta and mm-hmm. the fact that he ends up five and two thirds, eight hits, seven earned actually, yeah, seven earned run. Seven. Well, I mean that's the Deekman special. So, I know. I mean, I know. Inherited runners. Uh, yeah. They're they're he coming. Just let in. them all in. They're coming just on. Open in. the gates. And that's come also on the Salamora special as well. It is. But it's kind of the Red Sox. Bullpen it's kind of the Red special. Sox special. You know, someone special it was was Hansel Robles, and Hansel Robles got the the big old DFA. I and am. I I don't want to talk about this too much, but first eight outings mm-hmm. for Hansel. Zero ERA, a 125 batting average against, 177 OBP against, or OBP allowed, whatever. Last 18 outings for Hansel. Hansel, 9.19 ERA, a 328 batting average against, over 1,000 OPS against. Hansel Robles was one of the least reliable relievers in all of baseball for the last few months, and he has been DFA'd. That is likely it for his time in Boston. I'm sad because I've mentioned a million times we have the same exact birthday, but it just wasn't meant to be, Joey. I'm willing to wait to talk about Robles a little bit longer as he is not. He's not officially gone. He's not officially gone. There's a chance he clears waivers. And until then, shall hold my tongue. Chris Sale Mm -hmm. made a rehab start. In Worcester, he allowed one run on three hits, all soft singles over his outing with five strikeouts. The walks were a little bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. He had How many walks did he have total? Was it four? Do you know what the exact stat line? I, I wanted to get the exact. Let me get the exact. Um, let's, let's go ahead and say it was four. 
no matter how many it was, I think the big story coming out of it is his uh, reaction to having done so. I know. It was uh, five walks. Five walks total five walks. for Chris Sale. Yeah, so he was. Uh, we saw this video while we were recording, and uh, Chris Sale was kind of going nutso in he, he, the hallway. He, I couldn't really tell where it was. This funny little thing where he lost his damn mind. Yeah. Uh, he was kind of going big nuts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was going big nuts, he was wasn't going he? Big nuts, yeah. dude. He's like tearing this thing down. He's ripping. This stuff comes off from the wall. Alicia Palumbo, NBC Ten Boston. Had tweeted this out. It looks like it's like the the tunnel to the clubhouse. Yeah, he's just like he's ripping just, something yeah. down. And just, I mean, Chris Sale's a smashing, maniac. Sh- smashing. He's he's a maniac. He's a maniac. He's smashing stuff against the wall. He Chris Sale's an absolute maniac. Nothing is new. The mm. fact that he's ripping stuff, kicking stuff. He walked in a run. It was the nine hitter that he walked uh, for a run to come in, and that was it for mm. his outing. Um, but that I mean, this is what Chris Sale does. He's he's a crazy person, and never changed. That that's who he is. So that's what we expect. He said after the start, I'm very ready. I know today was a little bit of a hiccup, but it's nothing that can't be ironed out. I just want to be a part of it. I want to get back to doing my job and pulling my weight. Is Sale- that, that's what he said today? Yeah. After that video? He did that. He destroyed? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he destroyed the whole hallway and he's <laughs> like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was... It- Dude, to lose your mind to the point of like smashing through drywall, <laughs> ripping down wall hangings, and then sit down and get asked like, "Why are you so mad?" And he refers to it as a little hiccup. Yeah, I... <laughs> that's that's more crazy that he was able to calm down and be like, "Yeah, it was just a little, you know, a little bump in the road, but hey, it happens." It's it's not overly surprising to me that sale does mega flip outs that probably last like 10 seconds and he's like all right let's do some media let's do the presser now this sounds about right uh an evaluator joey uh said that chris sales stuff was vastly improved over a year ago when he was returning from tommy john surgery so naturally i think over the years you've seen guys in their second year back from tommy john be more effective more efficient better overall than they were that first year back. That's what we're hoping for Chris Sale. That's what we need from Chris Sale. It looks like he's going to make his return in Tampa on 7-11. we got to get a 7-11 Chris Sale graphic in the in the works. Like so, him working at the at cash register? Just like the logo of the store with like him just throwing base. I want him working there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Chris Sale behind the register at 7-11. Yeah. Just with a big Seven Eleven, grabbing logo. you a pack of cigarettes. Okay, yeah. He's like this one. Not or this si- one? No, we don't want him grabbing cigarettes. Uh, grabbing a uh, maybe scratch tickets. cigars. Red Sox, <laughs> Red Sox scratch tickets. I think that's fine. Yeah, or like chewing tobacco or something, <laughs> or scratch tickets. <laughs> but I just want, I just want the the greatest version of Chris Sale. Give me prime Chris Sale, yeah. please. We don't ask for much. That's where I'm at with Chris Sale. A happy Chris Sale, too. Check that out, huh? I know, he can be a maniac. That's fine. That's who he is. He's crazy. Yeah. He's a crazy person. No, I'm not saying, hey, Chris, don't be crazy. What I'm saying is he's seemed happier lately. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Genuinely, that wasn't a joke. Like He actually seems like he's in a better mood. Obviously not in that moment. But. No, of course. But no, I, I agree. I think he's been in uh, reminisce mode, and he's he's realized, you know, who knows how many more big years he's got left, and ideally this is one of them, especially if the Red Sox are going to hold on to that top wild card spot. A couple other things to touch up on. Uh, Alex Cora mentioned that when Whitlock comes back, he'll pitch two innings out of the pen, get two days off, three innings, get three days off, and so on and so forth. That's going to be the the format for Whitlock. 
which I like a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah. Three innings twice a week or two innings three times a week. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Hey, cool. We like that. We like that. <laughs> think that's really cool. Uh, I love Eckersley. Had a great series. It was nice to watch a couple of these games at home. And I just realized over and over and over again with Eck that he's just the best at what he does. Like, he's so good. His wins he's above replacement best. as the dude in the booth is just so high. And he'll say some things that are hilarious. Like, I know when Trevor Story came up, it was raining in game two and he had the bases loaded there in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. He's like, just get the get the windshield wipers out and hit a slam job or something like yeah. that. And I'm like, this is <laughs> awesome. That was such a great line. And he just says it off the top of the dome. Like, he's not... He doesn't, like, prep this stuff. He's just really good at that. And there was I, there was a guy that... Somebody on the Rays, kind of a, a bench guy that was chirping after a strike three that was actually a strike three. And he's like, guy hasn't been around all that much, and he's chirping. Like, he's just going for him. He's like, you haven't even been here, and you're going to be complaining about around. the strike zone. So X, X that dude, man. He's great. Uh, I actually had a little clip of X that I wanted to drop in here. Okay. And another double play on the bases. That is absolutely ridiculous. This is awful. I mean, they've been doing this all year. They've done it, what, three times in the the game and a half they played here. He gets doubled up on a a check swing. It's right in front of you. Look at this. Where where are you going? Thank you very much. I love the the best the absolute best act thing is when his voice just keeps going up. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Thank you very much. Thank you. My what are you gosh. Doing? What are you doing again? These guys. So good. And you know in the break he's probably even like giving it more to the Rays. But that yeah. he's just great. X the best. And I was saying I want him to call every game. I understand he wants to have some time off and probably get his tan going and all that, but Dennis Eckersley's that guy, and and he knows he is, and he does a great job. So ideally, we can get him on this show. I would love that. That would be, uh, yeah, that's like a top five guest. Top five thing. Last thing for me, Joey, vote Devers. I love the hashtag vote Devers behind the plate here at Fenway. That was a nice touch. Mm. Uh, Apparently, yeah, vote the Mets guys, too. Apparently, we're teaming up with the Mets. So vote Pete Alonso. It's what they did on social. uh, The Red Sox are teaming up with the Mets. This happens basically every year where it's like normally for the last vote. Mm. It's uh, you'll get you'll get a a team from the other side and you you vote for them, too, just because it's like, yeah, I look at the ballots, like, I kind of have to vote for somebody, so I guess we're forming an alliance. I know some people were upset about that. It's like, oh, New York, Boston, eh, whatever. Red Sox and Mets fans under the age of 40 don't have any type of feelings towards each other. No. None whatsoever. Probably positive ones. Probably, uh, like, a a unity of hating the Yankees. Yeah. Right? And when the Mets fans are here, anytime it's Sox-Mets, it's a ton of fun. They, the seven line and, and those dudes over there... Uh, with the Messed Up podcast, mm-hmm. which has done a phenomenal job since becoming a, a 2400 show and before. But since they came over to our team, mm-hmm. they're awesome. But they also have a partnership with the Seven Line guys. And uh, for those of you don't, that don't know, that's a, a big Mets fan group that travels to the parks that they are playing on the road. And uh, yeah, Mets fans and Red Sox fans, I think, have a lot of common DNA. And so it's kind of cool that we're teaming up for, for some votes. So yeah, definitely vote for... Rafael Devers to be the all-star starter in Los Angeles. Joey and I are going to be there. Can't wait. I'm going to ask Rafi another question in Spanish.
I don't know if I ask him first. Uh-oh, there's only one Spanish question Uh-oh. that can be asked. We can't have multiple. <laughs> uh, but that'll, that'll do it for me. What do you, what do you got? Any, any other stuff on this series? Um, Vasquez uh, damn near got murdered. I know, plunked in the head. You're that just, was the scary. I gasped like it was a horror movie, like it was a soap opera. I know. Like you're, a, you're just hoping that he, you're hoping he gets walked and then he got drilled in the head. I'm like, yeesh, that was it, a little crazy. And it was such a long, great at bat. I know. You know, two on, two out, full count, bottom of the ninth. The tying runs in the on deck circle. He's worked the count full. You're just like man, he keeps fouling him off, and mm. his eye is is so good right now. Like, and and the pitchers was working him great. You know, working on both sides of the plate. Couple like, of tough takes. Yeah, uh, he, he he laid off some stuff too. And, and I mean, it was just it was a it was a battle. It was at an edge of your seat uh, at bat. The last thing I expected was a heater at his dome. Yeah, that. Like really, really, really could have ended worse. When he hit the ground, I I really had a moment where I thought like I don't know if he's okay. Yeah, because he he got hit and like rolled over, helmet came off, and he sat up and he he didn't do anything. He yeah. just like sat still. <laughs> and uh, I mean that's like you know you watch contact sports, you watch football, hockey. Yeah, that's uh, bad. That's, that's bad. When guys are doing a thousand yard stare, that's usually uh, not. Not what you want to see. I, I really didn't expect him to take first himself. No. Uh, but, I mean, that's a catcher for you. That's, that's, that's just, how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. But, uh, yeah. And, and props to the, the Rays dude there. That was, uh, who was that? Poche? Poche? Whatever. He's actually pretty good. He's got 2-1-6. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, was it Poche? No, I think it was, who was this? I, this this is really? the, every year with the Rays, it's like, who are these guys? Jason Adam. Yeah, of course. He's got two first names. Jason Adam, who's got a 139, uh, plunked 35 games, got a 139. My goodness. Uh, plunked Vasquez in the helmet. And it was just a nice, you know, nice little, hey, obviously didn't mean to do that. I like the sportsmanship there, so that was mm-hmm. good. But I'm ready for closing thoughts if you are. Yeah, yeah. You go for it first. I just got a little bit of beef with when we're doing the wave at Fenway. I don't disagree with the wave. I just think in the third inning, when you're down three nothing already, four I think it was four nothing. Sox are down four nothing. It's Bayo's debut, and we're starting the wave. It's just the timing's been off. We've had a couple of waves that have started where the timing's just not right, and I would like for that to be later in the games. Is what it is overall because I don't hate on the wave. A lot of people hate on the wave. I think the wave's fine. Joey, I just have a little bit of a beef mm-hmm. with the timing of some of these waves. And that's really all I got for closing thoughts. What do you got? Series sucked. It wasn't fun. I didn't have July a lot 4th of fun. was cool. But even that W, the bats weren't really going. So overall, no. it was a pretty. I mean, they, they had 11 hits, but they were kind of spraying them around. It wasn't a lot of like. They had some gifts. Had a couple it, gift it, hits. Mm-hmm. The Devers. RBI, what are we doing? I, I, I'm just going to stop right now because <laughs> yeah. that's going to be an hour. But, like, scorekeepers, MLB scorekeepers, you are you are funny. You, you, guys, you, know, you guys are funny. You're going to get spanked. <laughs> yeah, you guys, yeah, you think you're funny? Yeah. yeah keep calling them hits. Keep calling them hits. You're going to get spanked, dude. <laughs> Watch it, man. Watch it. Oh, man. I'm laughing at home. And it's like, you know, we're neutral with the scorekeeping because it's like 
the run scored either way. I don't care. And I, I guess it's a gift mm-hmm. RBI for Devers. But even Rafi would be like, what? That's an RBI? So I kind of losing my mind over it but that that's all i got for this one joey that's all i got you got anything else that's all i got it wasn't it wasn't an overly fun series but no we're really we're, a lot of this show was spent on halfway thoughts for the boston red sox and overall halfway through the season this is kind of where we thought they would be real quick actually our, one thing i want to do uh-huh. was uh revisit our preseason predictions we're gonna do that yes. real fast so my record prediction was 93 and 69 they are currently on pace for 90 and 72, so right around there. Joey's was 91 and 71, so he's closer. Thank you. You are off by one game, yep. which is good. So again, this is I know it's been a wild ride to get where the Red Sox are right now, but this is around right around where we thought they would be. We both had Rafael Devers leading the team in home runs. I had him with 48, you had him with 44. He's on pace for 34. My bold prediction was Devers to lead the majors in homers. That is Definitely not happen. Aaron Judge is on pace for 60 home runs, which is painful to say. My random prediction was someone would hit the ladder on the monster. That has obviously not happened yet, but still plenty of games left for that to happen. Joey's random prediction was that Arroyo hits multiple walk-offs. He's been heating up. So maybe this is getting right into when he's going to have some walk-offs, Joey. I could see it. I could see it happening soon. And the bold prediction for Joey no. was James Paxton don't even. having a sub-4 ERA. <sighs> I don't know why I should have given you like more uh, grief for that when it happened because his career ERA is three five nine, so it's really that's over nine seasons. I backed out of what I really wanted to say. I wanted to say sub three at the time, yeah. and uh, was new on the podcast and was like, "Don't say that; they are going to laugh gonna at you, rip you. Everyone's going to hate you." And uh, so I, instead, I said sub four, and you said, "Okay, I like that." You're like, okay. "Yeah, that's fine. That works. Cool." So. Yeah, James Paxson's got a zero ERA so far this season. So who so, looks like the genius now? Yeah, you look pretty good. Me? But this is exactly where we thought the Sox record would be. Got to beat mm. the AL East teams now. That's You, you got to start winning some ball games against the AL East. And the next you will hear from us is a series preview of Red Sox-Yankees. Enormous series coming up at Fenway this weekend. For Joey Capone, I am Steve Peralt. Go Sox, kid. Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer. Mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast. (laughs) 